This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, can you still hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. I went up from two to nine. I gotta go back down to two. <laughs> this is like a dream I had once. I'm on a cruise, doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, in the background, some people are playing Neil Diamond songs. It's also literally the exact same ship I was on seven years ago, which is 100% true. Wow. Oh, wow. Same ship, different day. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and party captain, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, and I'm your party captain too. (laughs) And with us as always, our producer, uh, down in the boiler room, singing his ethnic songs, Mr. Alex Ward. What is the deal with a guy jumping overboard? What was... If he had just waited and heard what I had to say... He would be motivated right now and not all wet. <laughs> you guys, it's like we're in high school and we're at the cool table, right? Oh, because yeah. today we're talking about the episode Booze Cruise because our good friend, uh, Mr. Edwin Janes, is one of the co hosts, in fact. One, one of the co hosts <laughs> is calling in uh, from a cruise right now. Edwin, can you can you tell us about? Yeah, believe it or not, I'm uh, I'm staring out the uh, the the window in my stateroom. I'm watching the majestic Pacific Ocean sail on by. Um, you know, we're doing some heavy cruising. We're doing some light boozing. Uh, we didn't want to miss a week in our uh, in our podcast cadence. So uh, <laughs> a little difficult to coordinate, but uh, really excited to talk about this episode with all of you today. Yeah, this is gonna, this is going to be a, a fun one. Hey. Season four, episode one. Yeah, this no. is the lengths we go to, to to keep providing content at a consistent pace for you thirsty consumers out there. That's right. We're Today we're talking about Booze Cruise, the 11th episode of season two of the NBC uh, American version of The Office, written by Greg Daniels, directed by Ken Quapis. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. That's how um, I always say it in my head. I think you say his name. He directed the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, <laughs> and the uh, and the movie uh, he's just not that into you. Uh, fun fact, um, 
And and it aired on uh, January 5th, 2006. It, and it is worth noting that uh, this episode guest stars Rob Riggle and Amy Adams. A couple heavy hitters right there. We got Rob Riggle That's playing true. the captain of the ship, uh, who was also a, uh, a ex-Marine, I think, within the show. But in real life, uh, Rob Riggle is an ex-Marine. That's true. Yeah, Captain Jack really ended up playing a heavier role in this episode than I remembered. You know, this is one that I haven't seen in quite a little bit, you know, uh, not for any particular reason. But for some of the early seasons, I just don't go back and rewatch them as often. But there's so much to unpack in this episode, uh, including the character Captain Jack. Uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, of course, the episode starts out with uh, the cold open. Uh, Jim has put all of Dwight's uh, items into the vending machines because he knows the guy. Steve? That's right. Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> it's a great way. It's a great way to, to get that relationship with Jim and the vending machine guy. Oh, that's a that's a lovely moment. But then of course after the uh after the intro we learn that uh Michael has planned a trip for the office. He hasn't told anybody what they're doing. They need to pack uh let's see, um a swimsuit, a toothbrush, rubber soled shoes, and a ski mask. Did you guys catch at the very beginning while Michael is listing all those things or while I think Jim is listing all those things, if there's a scene of Kevin packing his bag and he like holds up a bunch of condoms to the camera? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a five pack strip of condoms. That oh, he, my yeah. God. I've never noticed that before. I've never noticed that before. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I did not even notice that with this rewatch. Yeah, there's a few things. Well, I'll get to another when we talk about Captain Jack later. There's another couple things I caught, but uh uh, yeah, no, this episode, you, you, you nailed it, Edwin. This is this it, basically this whole episode is Michael versus Captain Jack. Um, and totally. <laughs> this is like, you know, coming from this is still season two and they really departed from the BBC office like we've talked about. But this episode has several callbacks to the BBC office. Obviously, we'll talk about the Definitely. dance later, but also in the um, team training episode in the BBC office, it's David Brent versus the guy who's leading the team training. And it's a very similar dynamic going on mm. in this episode. Um, and we've seen story arcs where like, you know, Michael versus Charles, that last right. I was just going to say um, uh, diversity day. Yeah. Even, but there's not a ton of other times in the office where we just have kind of these two different uh, leaders in their own right. He's a ship captain and Michael's his manager, uh, butting heads, or at least Michael trying to butt his head into Captain Jack. And Captain <laughs> Jack is being like, go away. You're annoying. It's funny that Michael takes the phrase, we're all in the same boat, like literally, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he made it the basis of a leadership parable. I hope there will be leadership parables. And this episode, by the way, coming off, this is three party episodes in a row in season two, starting with uh, the part Jim's barbecue, mm -hmm. and then the Christmas party, mm -hmm. and then this one. Putting those together, a what's wow. Jim? What's Jim doing throwing a barbecue in mid December at his house? Uh, it's weird. The weather in Scranton is beautiful <laughs> mid December. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, and then the Christmas party in this. So we kind of get three episodes in a row of The Office, not really how it usually is. Hmm. Or seeing The Office outside of the confines of there. It's very fun getting to travel. I mean, I, I wonder at this point, episode 11, how often we've been outside of The Office with these characters. I mean, besides Jim's, uh, be besides Jim's barbecue, uh, this might be the longest time we spend outside of The Office for the first time. Yes. Um, it's a bottle episode in a lot of ways. 
I'm I'm looking at the season two episode list right now. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I mean, it starts off with the Dundies outside of the office, um, but then it stays in the office basically up through Jim's party and email surveillance episode nine. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely a departure. Um, it was quite a departure for the, I think the real cast too, because they actually filmed this on a boat and apparently a bunch of people got seasick. Right. So I think for them, and they filmed it from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. It was only at night. So it was like totally different for the cast too. And oh, you yeah. can sort of they feel that. that. Like everyone's everyone's a little off base. Like everyone's right. a little out of their element in this episode. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's that line from Michael where they say, are you taking medication? Brenda from corporate says, are you taking medication? He goes, yeah, vomicillin. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, I mean, we talk about this, this notion of a bottle episode. Uh, and, you know, I think we really see it come to bear with Jim in particular, right? The fact that these characters kind of can't leave, you know, like, Jim, at the end of this episode, and I don't mean to jump ahead, but, like, in terms of what happens in the plot, like, he can't get away, you know? Right, right. Where that's kind of his move. That's his yeah. move when uh, Pam and Roy, like, later he takes his trip to Australia or whatever, right? Like, it's his move to just kind of escape, to run away, to find a reason to, to go. And he can't in this moment, which I think is really, really important to the uh, episode. Yeah. Right. He, he could have jumped overboard like that other guy that, that Michael was upset with, <laughs> but... Um, but that, you, you do bring up a great point. We've talked about um, a little bit about Captain Jack versus Michael. Um, Michael, of course, always wants to be the center of attention. And now we have Captain Jack, whose job is kind of to... I, I mean, I would imagine it's his job to run the party. So he's kind of... Uh, so Michael's literally stepping on his toes there. But um, And you can't pick a more boring... Like He's like, I, I need to do my leadership seminar right. like, in the middle of this party. Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's horrible. And of course, he's come in with no. Uh, these are probably things you could have organized ahead of time, but if we can only assume that Michael hasn't planned anything. Right. And it's in January because it was cheaper, and he didn't get the private cruise because it was cheaper. So that's right. He's trying to do this for almost no money, but uh, is also frustrated when the reasons it's not happening the way he wants are his fault. But the other main storyline going on here, which is probably the more important storyline oh, yeah. for this episode is um, kind of what's going on between Jim and Pam, or mostly Jim, maybe. Um, Jim is dating uh, Katie, who's Amy Adams, the purse girl, mm-hmm. uh, or hot girl from season one. Uh, he's invited her on this cruise. Uh, Roy is there, of course, with Pam, and they share this we uh, this really bizarre moment where they're all sitting at the same booth together um i quoted earlier amy adams talking about how she felt like they're at the cool table um which is a really interesting line in fact i feel like this whole interaction between the four of them is really interesting like talking about how they were in high school versus how they are now and and how they all look at that now right i mean i think the whole the whole episode feels like high school in right. a way like well because we often like talk about how jim seems to be the cool guy in the office and there's jokes about that in the show of course um like <laughs> y'all want to listen to some records like you right. know i mean there's always these jokes that he's the cool guy but all of a sudden we kind of get this hint that no maybe he wasn't the cool guy in high school and pam certainly wasn't she was 
um, wearing turtlenecks and art, you know, and As loved Roy says, art. Miss, yeah, Miss Artsy yeah, Farts. Yeah, she was wearing turtlenecks and everything. And Amy Adams is like, "That's that's hilarious," you know. And and yeah. uh, um, we can we can assume Roy probably played football. Guy that size. Oh in yeah. High oh, hundred percent. And that's literally what he's talking about. Katie we destroyed was, you. Katie was a cheerleader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it does, it does sort of feel that way. And it's even funny that like, you know, even Ro- like at this point, Ryan is like, Hey, can I study for my business test tomorrow instead? Like, he's, <laughs> There's like all these little elements in high school and then like their crazy teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You know, trying to give a, give a thing. Edwin, yeah. sorry. We, we're, we're, we've I been think, stepping all over you. Uh, I think, give us your thoughts. No, 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 no. I, it's, <laughs> I, I, when I talk, I need to have something to say it's because there's a delay, of course, but, uh, <laughs> yeah uh but i think this idea that you bring up of high school sort of roles kind of really plays a big part because when you think about like the fact that katie is a cheerleader and roy is a football player right. ostensibly right yeah and that fact that jim is like no no she wasn't a cheerleader and pam is kind of unapologetic about who she was in high school i mean i think that speaks to the fact that jim and pam are not with the right people right oh yeah that that uh yeah. Roy and Katie seem almost like they're better fits for each other than they are for Jim and Pam, respectively. Like, it, it just underscores the fact that they're, like, not in the relationships that fit. It, it's kind of a shame that Roy and Katie didn't wind up together, now now that you point yeah, it out. Yeah, I guess so, right? They yeah. really should have. Yeah, they kind of, they connect in that moment. Um, but in that I moment, mean, we Roy also... Could have, Roy could have helped her package up and ship out and coordinate the logistics <laughs> for her purse business. Yeah, big That's strong right. guy to carry your purse. Yeah, damn shame. Well, I, but in that moment, we also see the look on Jim and Pam's faces too mm-hmm. that they're that they're uncomfortable in this situation. Um, and, and and we kind of flirt with a similar moment that happens later in Casino Night when they're out on the deck and Pam kind of gets out of there and you know it ultimately it I, I think that's the number one function if you're looking at the entire show arc of this episode. I think. It's the best episode for showing that Roy and Pam aren't that compatible. And yet, this is the episode when their relationship takes a big step forward. Maybe yeah. the only time in the series, like, they're engaged before the show starts. Yeah. Right? So this is kind of the only time we see their relationship take a big step forward when Roy is talking to Captain Jack and he's telling a war story. And Roy decides that uh, Captain Jack says that all he could think about was his his fiance or his girlfriend back in back right. in the states or something like right. that. And Roy, I think he says drunkenly. Yes, okay. I'm glad you brought that. That was another thing I caught. What? I'd never caught before. Is he says I was thinking about my first wife. Oh yeah. So like. <laughs> It didn't even work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a it romantic just, story, but and at the very beginning, it says my first he's wife. He's had at least like, two wives. Okay. Uh, and other than thing, like Roy's just drunk. Like they've been right. doing snorkel shots. Um, right. Roy's faded when he asks to set a date, and also I'm watching back. I don't know how Roy knows what they were talking about because Roy just comes in. Yeah, you were in the navy. <laughs> He's just also, like, <laughs> I was like, how does how does he know? He came from across the boat, drunk I'm, as hell. I'm in the midst of planning a wedding, okay, and like you don't really you you don't really pick the date out of thin air. Also, that <laughs> yeah, just like, hey, how about how about June 10th? And yeah. 
you know, Pam's response, which is turns out it's the Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pam's response, you know, oh, I want my parents to be here. And as we've right. talked about, ironically, ends up marrying Jim on a boat without her parents. Without there. her parents. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, it's not totally fair because I think- her whole family is assembled at the church waiting for her. So it's not like mm. she's getting married completely. This you know, is that's before her parents divorce. And- yes. One thing that I wanted to mention about this episode yeah. is that, uh, you know, as this happens, like uh, rewatching this episode, I remember the major beats, which is uh, Jim and Katie breaking up. Of course, Michael telling Jim after Jim sort of confides in him that he has a crush on Pam, mm-hmm. or that he had a thing for Pam. He's like, never give up. Right. Yeah. Like there's there's like a real. And then the fact that Jim and, and again, to kind of jump to a big moment, like when Pam and Jim are like step outside to have a quiet moment together, mm-hmm. you know, Pam asks Jim, what is it like to date a cheerleader? And Jim starts to talk and then he can't say anything for like a long, long, long right, time. Right, right. You know? That and, halper, dude, he works uh, He works with silence. That's his, that's his yeah, tool. And <laughs> silence. This, this episode in particular, you know, is so emblematic of seasons one and two and that it lives in the small moments, you know? Like you think about that silence, you think about the fact that Jim, he can't leave and he has to watch... Uh, he has to watch Roy set a date with Pam, right? And then right. he gets to hear Michael say, you know, Roy said the first engagement kind of didn't count. And this is the only one that counts, right? Like, you know, all of these these barriers that, that Jim sort of experiences, like he has to deal with and he has to confront, he has to live with in the moment he can't run away. Mm. Like the, I think I think this moment, this episode is just brilliant in general in the way that it makes all these characters kind of confront these things together. And and to kind of tag on that, right? This is the only episode where I feel like we really see Pam. I, I mean, maybe I can think of one other moment, but like where Pam shows real affection to Roy, where she's, oh, she's like stoked. she's almost over the moon when Roy wants to set a date. Like he, she, she shows that like she does really care for Roy, you know, yeah. and that not that she's just wait like biding her time waiting for Jim. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, uh, and and you can see on her face too i mean she's even still struggling with how she feels about roy as it's happening um and you know it's it, it kind of begins with a conversation between katie and pam katie asks katie like idolizes she's looking up to pam she's like wow i can't wait to be engaged mm-hmm. you know how, what was it like and she laughs she's like huh, oh it's been three years like and it's not going to happen any further yeah and then of course like you said roy asks her eventually and then She's staring through the window with Jim going, do you think that'll be us someday? Hmm. A, bold question by Katie. <laughs> yeah. that <laughs> Really coming in hot. Like, I know they haven't been dating that long, but also if, if she, if Jim brought Katie to the booze cruise, like where was she in at his barbecue? Where was she at all the parties that have happened so far sure. this season? Anyway, this this was the party that he was going to maybe bring her and introduce her to everyone. I feel like this is, yeah, I feel like we get a, a window into what Jim and Pam's generation is like in Scranton, Pennsylvania in this episode. Yeah. Beyond any, any other episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just kind of like you get this idea of like what's what maybe was it they think is expected of them versus you know where they are now right just that they seem to still care about high school and things like that and maybe pam is trying to move on from her art Mm -hmm. school like 
persona and trying to be with the football player and pretend that she's happy when he when he uh, um, calls out a, a a date for them to get married. I I, I don't know. It's just so it's. Watching it again was like, wow, you really learn a lot about their scenario because we mm-hmm. usually only watch Jim and Pam interact with the people in the office. Yeah. Um, tough, tough look for Jim too. breaking up on a boat, man. Yeah. I there's, mean, there's something crazy too. What, what I love. I kind of love the moment when Jim breaks up with Katie um, and it goes <laughs> and it goes back to that. I love the bleak moments of the show. <laughs> But um, I, I'm really sorry. I'm bumping up against my heart out for okay. this episode. I know it took us a while to get on the call. It's quite all um, right. A for couple sure. closing notes for me. Yeah. I want you to keep talking about this episode. We will. Okay? Tell us. Give us your thoughts. Um, okay. This is one of the best episodes of season two because it makes – we see real emotional revelation for the characters. Jim uh, saying that he has feelings for Pam to Michael is the first admittance of that, right? And – the, there's an amazing shot, and, and this kind of jumps back to something earlier in the conversation, where Pam is framed uh, with Roy, but Roy's face is not in the frame. It's just Pam's face, right? And she's kind of up against his shoulder. And she says, like, no, I want my mom and dad to be there. And she, we see this kind of joy in her, and you see Jim in the background, like, kind mm. of having to deal with it, you know? Mm. And, and, then, and then beyond that, like, I think we see... A lot of uh, Michael kind of raging against the machine. And, you know, Sean, you talk a lot about, um, you know, how much we love the first two seasons, right? And I think this is uh, one thing that I realize is like why this episode is so brilliant and why or why I love it so much personally is that it's not complicated. The A story is Michael versus everything, right? And the B story is Jim and Pam. There's no like Aaron and Phyllis. Yeah. Is Phyllis Aaron's mom. You know, Kevin mm-hmm. is trying to do whatever. Daryl is like, there's I mean, no Dwight, C story. Dwight's no. trying to steer the, the boat. Effect. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah. little bit of Dwight. <laughs> yes, that's true. But but that's not a plot point. There's no. no stakes, right? No. Like it's 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 uncomplicated. Even though there's there's a ton of content to mine. There's a ton of emotional depth there. Um, uh, of course, we have Michael dancing, which is one of the all time great moments of the show. <laughs> uh, and uh, just in general, the, 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 the sort of unlikely wisdom of Michael to say, like, never, never give up, you know, something that comes right. from an unexpected source. And so she's we engaged. See from Michael time and again throughout the show. Yeah. 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 It's sort of his um, unbridled confidence being channeled in kind of a useful way of like, who cares? Like, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. OK. So really quickly, before I log off, I have an Easter egg that I wanted you guys to use for conference room. I'm sorry. We don't have enough time to get into it right conference now. Conference room. Um, it's it's in season eight. I want you guys to look it up and, t- and talk about it. But yeah, there's a moment. It's the list. Right. Where they find Robert California's list. Yes. OK. OK. And like it reminds me of Dwight's lists, which are like and Dwight's like, this is who would survive on a cruise ship if we were in life rafts. <laughs> this is who would survive in a cruise ship if we were in life boats. And like, I want you guys to look at that moment, look at the screenshot, and look at who's in each boat because it's it's hysterical. You should look it up. Oh shoot! I will. Okay, all right, we're gonna look it up right now. Edwin, thank you so much for for calling right. in, buddy, right. and uh, give uh, give our love to your family. All right, appreciate you guys. I'll see you soon. Bon voyage. As mysteriously has arrived, he was gone. Then he was gone. It's just you and me now. <laughs> First time it's just been you and me and the listener. Yeah. Um. I was going to say that I do like the times when you can directly watch one character get shafted by another and then they turn around 
and do it to another person. Yeah. I like those moments. Do you watch BoJack Horseman? I saw season one and Late, some of season yeah, two. Yeah, later in the show, they just get so good at that. And just like watching cruelty kind of like drip yes. through. I don't watch that much, but I do watch It's Always Sunny a ton. And it's oh, yeah. also very visible in that show. Yeah. I, I love moments Cycles like of that. Violence. And it's and it's and it when Jim watches that happen with Pam and then turns around and it's just so cold. Yeah. To Katie. Yeah. Is is definitely one of those moments. Yeah. And then and but then it, it's funny because that all happens and it pushes Jim out on the deck with Michael, who's in a zip tie from <laughs> Captain Jack, by the way. Who's who's in the break. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like I, so, I don't know how legal that is, but uh, but it's funny because all that happens and it, and it kind of pushes Jim all the way to the bottom where he mm-hmm. hits against Michael and kind of bounces back. Like mm. Michael sort of reinstills a little hope in Jim. And you see that when he's like, like you said, BFD, engaged, ain't married. And Jim's just like, yeah. huh. Yeah. Like BFD, of course. Big fucking deal. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Freaking deal. You know, we got a voicemail from a 12 year old who loves our show. Uh oh. So you need to apologize. No, I'm sure twelve year olds these days know it all. <laughs> uh, no, but uh uh what are you, twelve? <laughs> Shout out though. We uh I do want to acknowledge that we got that voicemail and we're gonna actually probably gonna do an episode on, on what he brought up. Okay. Just some creed stuff. Okay, we'll, so we'll not talk today. about that later. No. Okay, great. I'm um, excited. But we should talk about uh I will play the voicemail of that we got who agreed with you about Pam's speech. Oh good. We'll do oh. that we'll do that later in the show. Okay. Conference room, five minutes. Uh, I, I do want to touch on the conference room since Edwin brought it up, had okay. brought it before we left. I have yes, the screenshot yes, yes. here. So, so again, this is from season eight, episode one, okay. like you said in the list. And and Dwight has a large book of various groupings of people in the office for whatever emergency scenario mm-hmm. might happen <laughs> and how he thinks the office yeah. should be divided. Yeah. So this is if we were all on a cruise ship and we had to divide into life rafts. Raft one is so he must have done this he must have written this a long time ago because it says it's dwight karen angela pam and kelly it's literally just wait dwight angela karen pam it's it's dwight with all of the single women at the time (laughs) we can assume he we can assume he did this in season three because karen's here uh, but oh it's just D- Dwight and all the women. Uh, in raft two, he puts Bob, I'm guessing Bob Vance, mm-hmm. Roy, Stanley, Calvin, who we don't know, and Jim. Calvin. So oh, okay. I'm guessing that's all the men who might be able to physically best Dwight. He wants all of them together on one raft. Okay. He's, he's basically made himself the alpha yeah. male. Yeah, yeah. And he's put all the other males who would compete with him on this other raft. Yeah, yeah. They can all <laughs> compete. Yeah. Yeah. Uh raft three is Jan, Andy, and Toby. Just Jan, leftovers. Andy and Toby. Okay. Raft four is Gil, David, Wallace, Packer, and Creed. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> now, if they're on life boats, which I'm guessing are bigger. Right. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. It's still Dwight, Angela, Pam, and Kelly. Uh then on no lifeboat Karen. two, he's no no Karen. Lifeboat two, he's got Madge, Calvin, Jim, Creed, and Daryl. Lifeboat three is Jan, Oscar, Karen, and Packer. Hmm. My guess is he's making up 
couples there. I'm not <laughs> sure. Lifeboat four, Stanley, Roy, Michael, Bob, and Toby. So Bob, Bob Vance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a weird list. It's a weird list. He's he's not just doing Dunham Mifflin script. Yeah. He's doing the the office park. Yeah, everyone yeah. included. Oh, okay, and right. then some significant others like Gil. Yeah. Anyway, and David where's, Wallace. Where's Dave Crass? Dave. But maybe that's right. David. Maybe it's not David Wallace. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, that's so, a good yeah, one. Thanks, Edwin. It does. It does actually apply to this episode. So it's a good we'll take one. It. I liked it. Um, um, let's. Can we do uh, an, uh, our our segment of uh, please leave a, a message for Andy Bernard? Oh yes, yes. Let's do that. that before we get to that. Okay. Oh, sorry. Before we get to that, yeah. real quick. Yeah. A uh, couple f- more notes on Booth Cruise, just oh, to yeah, wrap please. up the episode. Yeah, of course. Um, according to Craig Daniels in the DVD commentary, uh, the script initially had a storyline depicting Oscar as a quote nasty drunk. Uh, which was cut for time. You got to assume if they'd established that this early in season two, that would have carried on. He wouldn't. Um, Because I don't think he is. No, he's not. At all. No. Um, Obviously, when Michael says it's a booze cruise, we see Meredith give an audible like, yes, she's the only one. Like, it's well-established Meredith, but I guess maybe they wanted Oscar to do it. I love hearing things like that because it just goes to show how these things just developed over time. You know, there wasn't any plan for who no. was going to be what it was as 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 the actors and the writers and directors got to know each other they they created these personas yeah yeah I, it I evolves over time i love that and it's like early on yeah if if they'd made that choice with oscar they probably would have had to yeah keep going with it i'm glad they right. didn't yeah um uh, a real January booze cruise on that lake would have been impossible. The lake is frozen over. Uh, <laughs> all boats must be removed from that lake by October. Mm. As you said, Captain Jack said he was uh, in charge of a, a Navy PC-1 Cyclone-class patrol ship during Desert Storm. And mm. Rob Riggle, as you said, was in the Marine Corps from 1990 to 2013. Wow. That's 23 years. That's crazy. He's a has a large... You wow. know, authoritative presence, and that's who he was on the Daily yeah. Show, like right from yeah. the beginning. Was yeah. like very serious, you know, cut and dry, like newsman-looking guy. My goodness! But yeah, twenty-three years in the Marine Corps. I guess you can still be in it and keep acting. And yeah, okay. Um, we should talk about Michael's dance just a little bit, mm. just as a pure unleashing of Steve Carell's physical comedy. <laughs> in almost every shot of that dance, someone is cracking in the background <laughs> it's usually the band you see jim start to crack you see other people like because he does a lot of moves yeah. where he kind of spins around i think he's yeah. looking at people yeah. and like you know again this is this is another echo to ricky gervais in the bbc office who has a very famous dance scene in that that is mm-hmm. it's 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 funny it's even funnier than this dance if that's even possible but again everyone's breaking in it and it was like Ride that back. Let's get a- Steve Carell to do. Anytime the same thing. Steve Carell is dancing, his his dance montage when they introduce uh, Cafe Disco yes, is is my he favorite part of, of that episode. And yeah, he has a there's this enthusiasm, but he's kind of a rigid, a bit of an awkward dancer. Yeah, he's got this weird like swing. <laughs> yeah, like he's clearly never danced with someone. It's really sad. It's like. Oh, God. The dance floor just clears immediately. Uh. 
um, and he refers to it as an ancient art form. You yeah, know, like like we the stopped song doing that it they're time. playing too is so bizarre. It's like a medley a, of like yeah. There's like a is it like a Ricky Martin song or something? Yeah, it, dun, dun, no, no, no. It's uh it's Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Wow, that's it's a cover of Sean Paul. That's crazy. But then it does kind of go into like an Egypt, kind of goes all over, like ancient Egypt riff. Uh huh. It's a weird song. And I believe one of the deleted scenes, Creed picks up a guitar, and we actually get to see that's Creed right. play he some blues yeah. guitar. Yeah, he's quite good. It's a shame. Yeah, deleted. Anyway, um, what do you think's best? What do you think the best scene in this episode is? Or your favorite, I guess. I just like the part that's just that shot of Dwight steering the boat, singing. What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? I love that part. I don't know. I think I think I might. Uh, Angela's like, hey, there's a come lot inside of- <laughs> with me. And he's like, I can't. I have to steer <laughs> yeah. the ship. Pans up to the guy steering the <laughs> yeah, ship at the top. Like a guy in like- <laughs> I love, too, that he's like, I was the youngest pilot in Pan Am history. Like yeah. when I was eight, they let me go in and drive the plane in the cockpit. Like, <laughs> I would have landed it too, but my dad wanted me to come back to the seat. <laughs> one more thing, actually, now that we're on Dwight's parents, in the opening, one of the things in the vending machine that that Jim has filled Dwight's put all mm. Dwight's things in the vending machine, one of them is a framed picture. Oh, what I can only assume are Dwight's parents with Dwight. Like you mean Rain Wilson's real? I think parents. It maybe? could be. Whatever oh, okay. he has on his desk, but like they're dressed like this is not the childhood mm. that Dwight describes. And like you said, this is early on in season two. The full character of Dwight hasn't been yeah, realized. Yeah. So they're just like, let's use a family picture. Oh, because I'm sure if they did that episode later and they put a frame picture, it would be like a black and white, really morose. Right. <laughs> everyone in suits. The pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like little Dwight is sitting there in a little suit. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> stone faced. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, let's move on, of course, and check our voicemail machine. Um, yeah, that was great. Please leave a message for Andy Bernard. This is Emily calling from Vermont. I just wanted to echo uh, from the Beach Games episode, Pam's speech is the worst. Well, maybe not the worst, but it's pretty bad, especially how she walks away at the end before people can actually stand up and say, hey, I didn't like what you said, Mm -hmm. or that's not fair, or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I just wanted to call in and echo, couldn't agree more, Pam's speech is um, also, <laughs> want to say thank you guys so much for having this podcast. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Bye bye, Emily. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> Sean is not alone in the woods. <sighs> thank you, Emily. Um, yes, she just she Pam just bounces after that. She doesn't even wait for for like she's no like, well, what do you guys think about <laughs> <laughs> any any rebuttals? I would think that that would have shown a little bit more strength. Maybe if she, if, if, because I do think that people, uh, l- let me say this. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm on a lot of fan sites on social media and stuff like that. And I see a lot of people 
who like to post like, oh, I hate this moment. Oh, I hate this moment. And people come back and say, hey, this isn't a hate group. This is a fan group. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. so I feel bad on this fan show saying that I don't like us like a certain part, especially when that part is kind of a contested part in the show. I think that, you know, Greg Daniels and some of the show runners have said in the past that, you know, they think that, you know, they hear a lot of this Pam hate and they're like, oh, isn't that interesting that you guys don't like the parts where Pam stands up for herself? Mm-hmm. I, I I think that Emily's on my side a little bit here and saying like, no, we wanted to actually see her fight for it. And, and she just kind of walks over, gets, gets a quiet moment to just rattle off everything she thinks. And then there's almost no reaction or repercussions from that. And so in a way it kind of made it feel like nothing. But people do kind of make fun of Pam in the show later on. Right. Oh, yes. I mean, there yeah, are a little a bit of repercussions. Yeah. 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 You know? And it does cause Michael to, to uh, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, <laughs> he's like, Pam inspired me. I'm going to say what I think. Right, right. And and Oscar, they, you know, she's in the break room. But you're right. I mean, there's no other. Uh, there's very few parts outside of Michael where someone gets up and has a heartfelt speech to the rest of the office. Right. It almost never happens. Yeah. And, and. <sighs> Look, I'm just we're just playing this because someone was on your side enough that they called in <laughs> enough that they took the time to yeah, call in the voice no, bill, and we e- love it. Emily, thank you so much. I, I mean, you guys are both wrong. But... <laughs> said, well, where's <laughs> I? I, um, Emily, I wish you were here. <laughs> well, she's um, in but uh, but um, thank you so much for calling in with that message. That's uh, that's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Hey, you want to do some trivia? No, Edwin. No safety oh, net. F- okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna get all of these wrong. Let's go. Let's just do our thing. Collect our hardware and get the hell home. <laughs> Let's see. So this is all from Booze Cruise. Okay. So hopefully you did watch it recently. Mm-hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Sean. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you'll you'll like this actually from okay. from working in the art department. But okay. this is actually one of the few times in the vending machine at the very beginning they haven't created. Maybe they didn't have the budget yet to make fake products in there. So it's there's real products right. in there. Yeah. We see okay. four name brands, okay. including Jim's eating at the beginning. Okay. What are they? Is it? Is he having hers? No, he's having Doritos. Seven Doritos. Okay, we also Doritos. see Odwalla Bites. We see Cheetos and Chex Mix. But when I froze the frame to look at what was in there, there's little, it'll be like the Cheetos, but over the S, they've put these little stickers. Just clearly someone slapped stickers on so, those bags. So in the art department, I work in the art department. So that's all the props, set dressing, graphics, and stuff for, like you, that. You do that for TV and movies, not for the office. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, it, we call it Greeking. I don't. I don't know why. Huh. But um, you have to Greek products. Um, it's a verb, Greeking. Wow. Um, it, I'm sure there's a good reason for it. But in in film and TV, there's a lot of like things that people just started saying that they thought were cool, and then it became 
the the phrase for sure. no for no yeah. reason. You know, it's like, like all the, lingo and you know, in the grip department there's a best boy and you know, there's right. all these all these silly things. But um greeking. So those are greeking stickers. Is gotcha. what we call them. Okay. You know, you you mask out part of the uh yeah. part of the logo. It's just, it was just funny. No attempt to like Cover up the, the that, that's clearly Doritos. That's, they just took the last letter away. That's what they do. I, usually, yeah. you'll see them turn turn them around. Yeah. Um. So like anytime, I mean, anytime you see anytime you see a, a bag of chips or a drink like facing the camera or turned away from the camera, that's totally deliberate. So it's well, that a, was in the rest of the scenes in the booze cruise. Like, mm-hmm. there's everyone's drinking beer and almost all the bottles are turned away. Yeah, from the camera, yeah, like exactly. even when there's five bottles. On the, that them's the rules. Yeah. Um, all right, maybe you can just name name me three of these things. Which of Dwight's things are in the did Jim put in the vending machine? Oh, he, uh, his Rolodex is in there. No, his staplers in there. There's one. The, he's um, uh, his little nameplate. Yep, that's two. Um, his calculator. I uh, didn't see the calculator in there. Uh, it could be, but I didn't see it. His uh Pam buys it. Uh oh. Um I love these. She bought <laughs> she buys it. Dwight's like, hey, that's mine. She's like, Well, I just bought it. Also it's uh, also po- he goes to pay for it and he doesn't have his <laughs> his wallet's in yeah, the Yeah, there you go, his wallet. There's three. <laughs> What's the thing? The I pencil figured. cup. Okay, okay. Uh, his sheriff's deputy's mug okay, okay. is in there. Uh, you said his name played at that frame picture I said earlier. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then a, a bobblehead of a catcher, Mike Lieber. Oh, yeah, okay. I should have said bobblehead, of course. Um, but not not the Dwight bobblehead No, of, of a baseball player. No. Um, I don't think... And I, I need some help from the listeners on this. So, so again, this is cold open in Booth's Cruise. Freeze frame it when they show all the Dwight's things there. There's something in the top left. I stared at it for so long. I have no idea what it is. It almost looks like a grenade, but it's not. Mm. Or it looks like a, like a, I don't know what it is. It's a weird object. Something Dwight would have, but I have no idea what it is. So there's, there's, is it a grenade paperweight? There's no, I mean, it's not a grenade. It's, it's obviously a, not a okay, grenade, but okay. it, it does look like there's a, Hmm. Some kind of like thing you'd hold down on the side, hmm. and like I don't know what it is. Okay, but I need some help with someone out there. Find so, out what someone that is. knows what this Let thing is. Please, yes. What's the name of the lake that they're on in this episode? Lake. Is it Lackawanna Lake? No. Okay. I don't know. Lake Wallumpaw Pack. Wallum. P a u p a k. Lake Wallumpaw Pack. Okay. Wallum. Lake Wallumpaw Pack. Yes. Uh, the Lake Wallenpalm Pack Princess is the boat name. Mm. So there you go. Mm. Uh, Edwin mentioned that the lady from corporate is named Brenda, who has like two lines in this. And yeah. it's like, I don't know. I think she's only there as a plot device to like keep pushing right, Michael right, to like right. get up and yep. it was weird. Um, what was the theme of last year's retreat? Um, uh, shoot. Oscar says it. I, he's I like, guess no, where we I, went. It's I don't remember. Bowl over the competition. <laughs> guess, guess where, where we, we went. went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what high school did Katie go to? Um, Bishop O'Hara. No. Pislop Who Cares? Uh? <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Wait. Okay, here's why. It's the same sounding name, but in the captions. Uh-huh. It doesn't say Bishop O'Hara, so maybe it's just it says Fisher Bohera. 
Oh. Now, I it does seem like Bishop O'Hara is way more of the <laughs> realistic name. Yeah. But according to the script, according to the words, it was Fisher Bohera. According to the wow. Okay. Well, hmm. I wonder if Bishop O'Hara is a real it. high school in in Scranton. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't look up. That was just what it said. You know, I, I got to watch what the captions on. You got to mm-hmm. pick those. Yeah, up. of course. Yeah. Um, what date does Roy set the wedding for? June fourth. June tenth. Damn it. And uh, Michael casts the office as Gilligan's Island as they're walking into the boat. Right, right. He is. Uh, he is Gilligan. No, Michael's a skipper. Oh, okay. Uh, Dwight is Gilligan. Okay. Uh, Angela is Miss Howell. Pam is Marianne. <laughs> Stanley's one of the globe. Stanley's one of the globe trotters. <laughs> Jim is the professor, Katie is Ginger, and Kelly is the native. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, and he like and then yeah, he says the thing about that oh, maybe the warehouse is the furnace room. After he's talking about like singing their songs down there and Brenda like notes it down and he's like, mm-hmm. No, don't I don't <laughs> I can't don't know uh, that. Yeah, Michael has you know, this is early early office. He has some bad moments. Um, do you know who the actress is? Who plays Brenda? Why is she there? Do you know this? Well, this is a, this is not fair. Oh, this is a little. This is a no, little I don't know. No, you. I don't. Um, so the actress who plays Brenda in this episode is Mindy Kaling's roommate at the time, and they had a two-woman play called Ben and Matt, which was about. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's friendship. And Greg Daniels' wife took him to see the show. And Mindy Kaling got hired from that. And then Brenda eventually got this role, this small Whoa. role. Yeah. So do, do you think Brenda was meant to have a larger, more of an ongoing I don't, role? I don't think so. Okay. I, think it was, I think it was a little nod of like, hey, let's get, you know, hey, this would be a great part for Brenda. But anyways, that was I, see. I, uh, I see. Ryan okay. sent me that um, uh, little factoid, which was um, which I did not know, of course. Well, there you go. Fun. Hey, this has been a lot of fun talking about booze cruise. If you, Edwin, have, thanks to Edwin for thank you for to some time Edwin on his own booze cruise, calling in from his booze cruise, guys, please. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. Hit us up on Instagram at Michael Scott Podcast Company. And we have a phone number that you can call, just like Emily from Vermont uh, displayed earlier. We can uh, you can call in and leave us a message. That's 503-694-9314. Uh, <laughs> we tried to guess that number when we were at the lake. Yeah. <laughs> we did we were so wrong. So yeah. wrong. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, um uh Please call in, leave us a comment, leave us a question. Uh, we'll play it on the show. Next week, Edwin's back from vacation. Mm-hmm. I just got back from vacation. Mm-hmm. Guess mm-hmm. which episode we're talking about next week. Oh, shit. So, it's going to be back from vacation. Sean. <laughs> so, hey, watch that episode before next week's episode comes out on Wednesday. If you want to be in the loop. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey, Poppy, give me this up. Yes, sir.
Sometimes you have to take a break from being the kind of boss that's always trying to teach people things. Sometimes you have to just be the boss of dancing. <laughs> <laughs>